0: Regular listener, why not check out our YouTube channel for more Arsenal and general football content. Over there, you can sign up to a Chronicles of Aguna membership, gain access to our exclusive members-only content, as well as our private Discord server. But above all, you'll be supporting me to bring you more content and continue what's been an amazing journey covering the Arsenal so far. Enjoy the show! It's the Chronicles of Aguna, it's the live phone-in, and we are back. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin
1: Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.
0: Hello, good evening, and welcome back to another live edition of The Fans Phone In. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this episode, we're going to be talking all things Arsenal. The floor is yours. You can say whatever you want about whatever you want uh, about the mighty Arsenal on this show. Uh, I'm going to be taking as many of your calls as I possibly can between now and 9.30pm, so we've got an hour uh, to run, so I look forward to talking to as many of you as I possibly can. Just a quick reminder of how you can participate if you wish to do so. All you need to do is DM me on Twitter at chronicles underscore AFC and we will fire you a link right back. It is on a first come first serve basis. Um, I will try and get through as many as I possibly can. Uh, So just bear with me um, if you're having to wait a little bit. I do apologise. But like I say, I want to get through as many of you as I possibly can. And I recognise that especially... um, after yesterday there's going to be a lot of people uh, with a lot to say about Arsenal and where they currently find themselves. If you haven't checked out my review of the game then feel free to do so. It's the last video on the channel and if you're listening via the audio it's the last episode on the podcast. Um, didn't really want to do it the next day but had to because of work reasons and I think actually now that i i think about it It was probably better to do it that way because i was a little bit calmer a little bit cooler um and i think i gave a better representation of the game than maybe i would have given uh you know five ten minutes after the full-time whistle so check that out if you haven't done so already right without further ado let's bring in our first caller he's one of our members Right here on the Chronicles of Aguna, and if you want to become a member, all you need to do is click on the link in the description from which you can sign up. We'd love to have you, but welcome to the show, uh, Mr. T Talks. How are you doing, bro?
2: I'm all right, thank you. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Um, What do you want to say, mate? First of all, what are you making of the whole situation at Arsenal at the minute? I know there's a bit of a split in the camp right now around Mikel Arteta. Is he the right man? Are we moving in the right direction? What's your kind of general thoughts on where Arsenal are at as a team right now?
2: Well, um, I think as many people in the Discord server and many members are believing, we are in a transition period at the moment. So if you'd like to say I'm Arteta in, um, to choose what side of the camp I'm on, I'd say, yeah, I'm in the Arteta in camp. And I've been quite pleased in recent months from what I've seen in terms of our development as as we are in transition, as I said, so yeah, that's just my first thing. That's what I'd like to say. Yeah, but um, in terms of the game last year, well, it feels like ages ago. Well, I've I've cooled down a lot from when I first was saw the game with the result, with all the decisions and everything. So I'm glad that you chose to do this after as well, and I think that kind of reflected in your earlier stream today. So f- for me. It was just an epitome of our season, which is what you put up on Twitter. Um, the errors, the lack of ruthlessness and the controversial decisions as we've seen many a time with us. But yeah, um, so but that's it in terms of that game. But what I really wanted to speak about
0: was... Go ahead, mate. Flaws I yours. Be-
2: I believe since our 2-1 defeat to Everton, Mikel Arteta set up the team at the best of his ability because um, I looked at the results just before we did this and just before you allowed me to come in. Um, I saw that in the games that we have drawn or lost, it's literally been down to controversial decisions like the Wolves game, errors, which you could also bring up in the Wolves game, and Aston Villa, um, and mischances. chances, uh, whereas people as fans were blaming Mikel Arteta, in the Southampton defeat in the FA Cup for rotation. But if we look at it, players like Eddie and had chances yesterday, missed chances again. And as, as it was the epitome of our season. Um, but so I just don't feel that it's fair to totally criticise um, Mikel Arteta and now since that Everton defeat prior to that I'm not gonna lie I was I had my doubts like you did as I was I remember seeing in your podcast as well because the performances were dire we had we showed no creativity we didn't really create any chances and the goals that we conceded were from errors like as it is now but there's a big difference in what I in what I see so yeah that's my thing
0: yeah I feel like that as well I feel like You know, it's. I get what people are saying. I get that ultimately the manager, right, is responsible for the results of the football team. He's responsible for where we find ourselves in the division. I just think you need to look a bit deeper than that when you're analysing this Arsenal team, you know. And um, we talk about the, the upturn in performances. There certainly has been an upturn in performances. There's no getting away from that, you know. We're playing better football. We're creating more opportunities, and when you do all of those things, and defensively, although we made a a complete and utter cock-up yesterday, when you look at us defensively as a unit, we're not giving away anywhere near as many chances. That's ultimately the manager's job, right? Put the players out on the pitch to be defensively sound, to be creative, and then the rest, it's over to them, isn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's where I see the massive difference between Emery, because I was like you. That's how I actually started to know you, seeing you on 90 min on the gas tank. And then that's when I started to follow you, because at the time when you was deep, with your disbelief and you wasn't really sure about Emery, it's because we I looked at it deeper, like yourself, the performances, we was conceding way more chances. And it felt like our goals were individual brilliance, which is what you see at What Man United fans are complaining about with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We're rel- we were relying on individual moments and look, that Leno was what our, one of our players of the season last season because of all the work he had to do. Whereas Leno doesn't really get tested that much nowadays. Our defence looks a lot more solid. we When we're not on the edge of our seats waiting for an error. So yeah, I feel like Macau has done that, definitely set the team up well, we create chances and this is where I wanted to ask you a question because I don't understand the criticism of Arteta's substitutions, not just in the last game against Burnley like I've been seeing on other Arsenal podcasts and speaking to other Arsenal fans but I feel like he gets a lot of like criticism for not not bringing on Martinelli. Why is um also to, in the starting line or why is it Pepe starting? I don't understand that in the end because we do create the chances and but.
0: Yeah, completely agree and I I think you're right. I think the frustrating thing for me is that when he does make a change, people are so desperate for it to fail it feels like. You know, you looked at the game against Benfica, you know, the second leg against Benfica. And those of you that were joining me for the watch along on that would have seen me go yeah. absolutely mad because William came on and everybody automatically, oh, we, we, we're not going to get through now because Willian's on the pitch. Well, ultimately, William made the difference that night. And yesterday he made changes again and again. People were getting on his back about those changes. People crying out for Nicolas Pepe to start. Listen, I think Nicolas Pepe's improved of late. But at the end of the day, he missed a glorious opportunity yesterday to win us the football match and and you have to look at that as well if Nicolas Pepe was that good this season and performing that consistently like Bukayo Saka there would be no question about him being in the team but that question is there because the performances haven't always been there and I think Mikel Arteta is, um, is having to rotate for a number of reasons that fans for whatever reason just want to overlook all the time uh t thank you so much for coming on mate really really appreciate i got to move on just because i've got a few people lined up but thank you so much man
2: thank you for having Um, me and don't forget to leave a like guys come on (laughs) there
0: you go there you go don't forget to leave a like subscribe to the channel if you haven't if you want to become a member you can do so by clicking on the link in the description t thank you so much mate thank you really appreciate it cheers pal that was the brilliant tea. Let's move on to our next caller. Just conscious, I don't want to waste too much time so we can get through as many as we possibly can. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Mr. Harry, great name. How are you, sir?
3: I'm not bad, mate. How are you doing?
0: I'm okay, mate. I've had a quite a nice day today. I've had one of those days where I've been paying attention to what's going on in the football, keeping up with the scores, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. but... Haven't been glued to the TV all day. I've stayed away from it a little bit. Had a nice barbecue, and um, yeah, feeling a little bit refreshed, man. And uh, but I know that this conversation is probably going to end in me feeling a little bit down and miserable again, mate. What 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 have you made of what's gone on um, over the last sort of twenty four hours or so?
3: Well, yeah, I did the same as you to be honest. After the game yesterday, I was I was fuming and, and venting, and what feels like arguing amongst your fellow Arsenal fans and then today I made a conscious decision to escape anything of (laughs) Arsenal related. So ignoring the Discord servers and stuff because I just find myself just getting angry at how uh, frustrating we are as a as a club at the moment. Um I did watch the highlights just before I popped on again just to you know gain some perspective and and the truth is yesterday We played well in parts and when we did have the ball, we created lots of chances. But as you just discussed, uh, we don't take those chances and vulnerability or mistakes, however you want to call it, um, seem to cost us. And that's not an excuse for Arteta, but we just can't seem to catch a break consistently. And whilst we don't convert those chances, uh, it just seems that we just concede a goal however. However, I don't know if you remember that Sunderland goal that was it Darren Bent scored against Liverpool with a with, a ball the, with beach, the ball, ball the <laughs> beach ball on the pitch. Yeah, it feels like I'm just waiting for that to happen next because we're just we're just conceding the, the most avoidable goals and I'm always trying to fight the granite jacker fight and, and protect him at all costs. And then it kind of goes and lets you down yesterday. So it's hard and it's it's hard not to feel deflated. And I'm certainly not gonna question Arteta, but there does come a time when you start to question uh, the individuals in terms of the, their errors or you know the fact that they, they can be seen as repeat offenders. And and then it makes you wonder, is that always going to happen? So I really like Granit Xhaka and I was just looking at his stats before he came on and he literally takes the most touches out of all the Arsenal players every game. His pass completion is right up there. He's a, uh, passes into the final third, always the highest. So I know his value and I know his role and I know his importance to how we function as a team. But then you say, if those mistakes are always going to happen, whether they're avoidable or not come come the summer, do you say, well, actually we need to move on these players to start fresh, to get rid of that, that perhaps mental weakness in the team, or whether it's a psychological impact, like take David Luiz, for example, if you asked me a month ago, I was all for the contract extension. And even though his performances have been good, part of me thinks, is this always going to happen? Like, Are you going to get 10 good games and and, and a random error? And even if the error is not necessarily his fault, i.e. a refereeing decision, it's still an error that costs the team and it still leaves you in a bad position. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And I know we can't sign players now. And I know Xhaka and David Luiz are probably the best of what we've got. But I do wonder how ruthless Arteta will be in the summer and what he'll prioritise. Because I think it will have a key impact how we progress. Sorry, I went off there for about two minutes.
0: No, that's all right. That's all right. This sounds stupid, what I'm about to say. And I know I'm going to get some stick for this because I always get stick. I'm, I, you just become immune to it after a while. But I don't think that Mikel Arteta will be particularly bothered by that error that Granit Xhaka made yesterday. And I'll explain yeah. why, because it sounds like a silly comment and a silly statement to make. Mikel Arteta will have known when he instructed his team from the very first day he took over the job to play the ball out from the back that there is an associated risk with that. And this is not me just saying this now. I used to say it when Unai Emery was in charge. I say it when I talk about Man City and Pep Guardiola. I say it about all the teams that play that way. In the manager's eyes, the reward of playing out from the back that way outweighs the risk. And yes, Granite uh, Granit Xhaka made a, a very bad error yesterday. But ultimately, that he made the error trying to do what Mikel Arteta wants him to do. And I think managers over the course of the season will look at the bigger picture of that and understand that actually, yeah, we got it wrong yesterday and it was a mistake. But ultimately, that is what he wants to see from his team. That's what he wants to see from his players. And I think we, we have to understand that as well. And as fans, maybe we have to take that view. You know, Mikel Arteta pointed it out post-match. The first goal that Arsenal scored, or the goal that Arsenal scored, came from playing out from the back, and the chance we conceded, from which Chris Wood probably could have won the game from for Burnley, came off That's the back of us in a long ball. Yeah. So M- Mikel Arteta won't be so bothered about that error. He won't be as bothered as some of us are. And I just think, like for me, what drives me mad, and look, it, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad piece of defending. It's a bad mistake, but ultimately, Danny Ceballos almost got us dumped out of the Europa League a few nights ago, and oh, and, yeah. and the, that wasn't met with anywhere near the same level of uh, of criticism. You know, Cedric made a mistake at Aston Villa. These mistakes are happening all over the pitch, and people keep telling me about that stat: Granit Xhaka's made eight errors that lead to goals. But when was number seven? You know, you can't deny that there is an improvement there.
3: Oh, and, totally. And just, I- yeah, go on, go on, mate it feels like when you protect granite jacket it feels like you're in court and everyone that's anti- granite jacker has this evidence like but this happened and this happened and this happened i'm like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dismiss granite jacker because of a red card he got in his first season, I'm not counting those errors. If a striker doesn't score goals for two seasons and then he bangs 30 goals in that season, but then he misses a penalty in the last game of the season, you're not gonna go, oh yeah, but he used to miss chances back in the day. So I'm not gonna, I don't wanna criticize Granny Jacker for his previous errors. And I don't think we should be. And if we're, people are even saying about the Leicester goal, I'm like, well, firstly, William was just his fault because he, he stitched Jacker up when he passed in the ball originally. If you watch that again, then when granted Jacker does pass it to William, William just like lets Till him and get straight in front of him. So and we Pablo Murphy's chasing something else. <laughs> yeah, so like, but so obviously some mistakes look worse than others, are you yesterday? And that's when you go, that that is a blunder. Uh, other mistakes and red cards, you know, people are bringing up what he's got, 40 yellow cards. I mean, I know Patrick Vieira was absolutely world-class, but his disciplinary record was awful. You know, it's something that we should, that we used to almost brag about, like players getting stuck in and getting get bookings. If Jack Wilshere ever did it, you know, he'd get a round of applause. Um, so I totally get the criticism of Granit Xhaka. My, my fear is that psychologically, because he's in that space and maybe he feels a bit fragile at times, I do wonder if those errors will ever escape him, whether it's a red card or yeah. or, or a blunder. That's my only fear. And I'm not... I'm not doubting the ability of Granite Xhaka or the importance of him. I think he's vital to how we play, and you only have to look at the stats to see that. And this whole, you know, he only passes sideways and backwards, is just an absolute myth. You know, it's a pure yeah, myth. I so I know how important he is, but I just do wonder if, you know, if he can overcome all of these uh, mistakes. Yeah, but hopefully he can. You could
0: see. You could see how impacted he was by that yesterday, and and you could see how some of his teammates took it as well, which is another subject altogether. But Harry, thank you so much, mate. I got to move on just because so, I've got to get through all the calls. But thank you so much, mate, and thanks it's for okay, your mate. continued support of the channel. All the best, mate. No worries. All the best. All the best. That was the brilliant Harry. Let's bring in our next caller, Shings. How are you doing? Yes,
4: yeah, Harry. How are you doing, mate?
0: I'm good, mate. How are you?
4: Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. I because uh... usually what I do after an Arsenal game, I watch much today. I watch all the, you know post-match but yesterday i was just so angry i was just i was just like you know what no football no football for me for the rest of the night and just and, and just i like, like stayed away from it like like i'm still i'm still to listen to your match reaction because i was just like no i'm yeah, you know <laughs> everything else am burning right now I, I just didn't want to know but um i don't know what you it's just- I, I know
0: what you mean because yesterday i had to uh, as soon as the game finished i had to head mm. down to the studio yeah for commentary on uh Aston Villa Wolves, and Wolves. and I didn't want to watch any football, and the yeah, football, yeah. and that football was dire as well, which made yeah. it even worse. I get yeah, what
4: you mean. I Terrible. It's just what it is, though. It's just like, um, like yes, Jack, like made a mistake, but then like, I, I, like um, I heard you saying when you know when people call out Jacqueline but but well then you you had Pepper who missed a glorious chance. In my opinion, that you know, you should be put in that way. Or at least isn't the target with that one, but. But, like, somehow, some fast strikers get a free pass when they miss a chance or, you know. Um, but the only reason why the game was so late is just because we should have been home and dry, really, in the first half. Yeah. That mistake or not, we should have been home and dry. Let's be, you know, let's be honest. Um, but we didn't take our chances. And then, it, And then I don't know. I just felt we didn't start the second half fast enough. I wanted, I wanted to see organs blazing, but we, I don't know. Just frustrating because I wanted to win because uh, we've got our next two games of big, big games. So, uh, getting some momentum going to going into those games that would have been brilliant but
0: for sure i I mean for me you you mentioned like the the other guys getting off kind of scot-free for for missing opportunities and stuff and i guess i look at it as arsenal lost the game or it feels like we lost we didn't even lose yeah arsenal didn't win arsenal didn't win i
4: know but it feels like because because we had the game we were 1-0 we're controlling the game let's be honest we're controlling the game and then I think, and then up that point, it sort of turned a little bit. So it does feel like a loss, yes.
0: It feels like a loss, but ultimately the reason Arsenal didn't win that game is for three reasons. Granit Xhaka was one of them, agreed. Um, his mistake was one of them, but it was ultimately down to missed chances. And the fact that for whatever reason, um, the officials decided that that wasn't a penalty against Eric Thierry yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. ludicrous decision. That's another one. Um, yeah, it, ludicrous decision. It, it was terrible. Understand. And um, I'm seeing in the chat that Spurs are absolutely killing Crystal Palace, which is—I had a ten to one bet on today, and all I needed was for the Spurs game to have less than two and a half goals in it to cash it. Everything else had gone to plan today.
4: That's right, and uh, then three one. I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: four now. Four now.
4: Great.
0: Four now. Um, Shings, what what are you making of the uh, of the whole situation at the moment? I mean, there are a lot of people that are still fully behind Mikel Arteta. There are a lot of people that aren't there are some people that are on the fence are you starting to feel a little bit worried now that maybe this job is just a little bit too big for him
4: um yeah and no i'm on the fence a little bit yes but um i'm encouraged by certain things i've seen and you know and and of certain things that we spoke about harry like the defensive record and all that you know but i'm also on the fence because i'm thinking to myself well Michael, this is your first job in management, but this is, I think people forget, this is Arsenal awesome Football Club. This this, this is not a joke. This is not a club you can go to and have a trial period and try out all this play work. This is Arsenal awesome Football Club. I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know, because, you know, I expect more from our club. Where we are right now, it's not good enough. And I'm just getting scared that, you know, if we carry on, carry on this process, we're getting left behind because I feel like every season now, teams are going, teams are getting better, you know. And it just feels like we're just miles away and it's just worrying and, and you know, like I said, I will give him this window and next year. I think this this summer is probably the most important summer for Arsenal in a long, long, long time. Not just gonna be careful for the board, for the owners as well. But I think we need a I think we need a, a good strong summer, one way or another. Getting rid of Deadwood, getting the rat players in, getting the you know, so I, I don't know, what do you think? Are you on the fence or are you unsure, Harry?
0: I'm I'm still confident that he is the right man. Um, yeah. I've said it before and I've taken Peltas from it. I've said that mm. part of that is is down to gut feeling. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, oh, no. yeah. I'm going to trust that gut feeling because that gut feeling when it came to Unai Emery was absolutely right. You know, I I thought very early on that he wasn't the right man. And, um, and over time I started to see more and more reasons to kind of back up what my initial viewpoint was. And when it comes to Mikel Arteta, I do see reasons. Um, to be optimistic, reasons to be hopeful, and I do feel like when you look at the the, the margins from which we're losing games, I think, it, and or, or not winning games, I think it's very difficult to, um you know, to to pin the blame solely on him. Although I do ultimately, no, that's true, accept,
4: Harry. No, that's true Harry. Especially if you look at the errors and stuff and little things like that. Uh, yeah, so on that part, I do agree. Yes, it's just I'm just a bit worried though, Harry. I don't know what you think. So. The whole, like, Martinelli situation, yes, he, he, but, he's, but he's not getting a kick in it at the minute. Not even, you know, and I don't want him to get fed up and end up leaving and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, and then end up, it's just things like that, the whole Martinelli thing, you know what I mean, like, what's going to happen there? Because I really like Martinelli. I like, I like what he said in interviews. I like interviews yeah. I watch, like, he already learned English already quickly. I like the way that he plays and, you know, I just, I, I just get worried that, you know, That
5: will
0: lose him but I don't know what do you think I don't know I I feel like with Martinelli since he's come back I feel like the rest of this season was always about Martinelli just staying fit and not picking up any recurrence of the problem that he had I feel like that was uh, that would have been the key and I think that Martinelli probably understands that and I think that the fans are kind of fighting a case for Martinelli that he doesn't really need fighting um you know I think that you, you know, people have been moaning that Pepe wasn't in the starting lineup yesterday, yet now they're moaning that Martinelli should have played. Hold on, we, you can't want Pepe in, you can't want Saka in, you can't want Odegaard in, <laughs> you can't is, want, want Smith Rowe in, you can't want is, Lacazette Harry, or Bamiang in, and, and Martinelli is yeah, exactly. impossible.
4: The thing is, Harry, you know, when p- these people that are moaning that Pepe wasn't starting, and then they'll moan that oh the bench is not strong enough. But sometimes you need that in a game, you need a yeah. strong bench. The big teams always have, have something. Do you know what I mean? So, and obviously, we've got a game on Thursday and then we've got Spurs on Sunday. So, yep. people don't understand that. Mikul probably had one eye, or not one eye, but you know what I mean, just probably thinking, right, like, okay, I can't, you know what I mean? He wants to yeah. play certain players, from, you know, certain players um, for Thursday or rest in place for Thursday. So, because now, um, throws out, isn't he? So
0: Everything's on Thursday. Everything's yeah, on Thursday now. Exactly. Shings, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate yeah, your comment. No, I'm sorry.
4: We'll and uh, we'll and catch up soon. Smash the like button, everyone!
0: Make sure you do. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks, All the best. Guys. That was the brilliant shings. Let's move on to our next caller. Thank you for waiting very patiently in the wings, Egal. How you doing, mate? Welcome back to the show. It's been a while.
6: Yeah. It's been a long time. In that time, Terry, uh, uh, Harry, I've, I've gotten a new career. I've done a YouTube channel myself. And it's just been a whole madness with Arsenal. Uh, last time we spoke, I was backing Emery and, and, and I wasn't and I was Emery out yet.
5: <laughs> that's how long it's been.
0: <laughs> the tables have turned. Um, Egal, before I give you the floor, one second, I just want to address uh, a couple of comments in the live chat because this one for me is, is everything that's wrong. With with this fan base right now. Ali says Arteta is a joke. Fuck him. Hope we lose the Europa League so he gets dashed. Imagine being an Arsenal fan or calling yourself an Arsenal fan and wanting Arsenal to lose the one competition, to get knocked out the one competition that could turn this season around from a failure to a success. That's not that that is absolute bullshit, mate. That is absolute bullshit. Um, And I, I get disappointed when I read stuff like that because it's just complete and utter nonsense. What you're ultimately saying is that your anti-Arteta agenda and your anti-feelings towards Mikel Arteta are stronger than your desire to see your club succeed, which is absolute fucking nonsense. I didn't like Unai Emery, but I wanted him to win that Europa League final. I wanted him to succeed as Arsenal boss. It didn't happen um, for whatever reason, but I mean to sit there and say... You want us to get knocked out of the Europa League? Absolute madness! Egal, hey, the floor is yours, mate. What, what do you want to say on on the current situation? To say
6: something on that comment first. A lot of fans are disillusioned by the situation and almost bask in the glory of when we lose and when we win. It's only because it's just it's just this team, it's just that team. It's just when we lose, oh, we shouldn't we should be embarrassed that we lost the city. If somebody is happy that we didn't get beat by like four or five nil, it's oh, your expectations have fallen. There's too much infighting. And that's cause of our disillusion as fans Harry. We expect ourselves to be up there with Bayern Munich and the best clubs in the world. But right now we don't realize the situation we're in. We're in a hard rebuild and as fans, we have to understand that. But some people refuse to understand that they refuse to listen to anything. And you know what? If you listen to Leicester fans, after we beat them, they're saying Brendan Rodgers out today. Klopp, Liverpool fans are saying Klopp out every other day. There was people at the beginning of the season saying Pep Guardiola is not the man to win us another league title. Look at how silly those fans look right now. So I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying these are the things that we have to look at when we evaluate a manager. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a little bit more in the middle, but I get called diluted because I'm I'm looking at the the reasons why Arteta's in this situation. Looking at the fact that a wasn't firing. Looking at Pate, our number one signing, not being fit the whole entire season. Kieran Tierney be, being in and out. Having having a situation in the midfield where Jaka is our best midfielder, but he has a bad game. The whole the whole fan base wants him uh, castide Like it's it's almost ridiculous. Also, uh, Lacazette, we have a contract situation with him. Uh, at the end of the season, we're going to have to worry about him uh, over the next few seasons. We don't know what we're going to do with him. Martinelli's been having fitness problems. Willian has been a catastrophic signing at times. But then you look at the statistics, he's clear of everybody else in his position except for Saka. So I honestly don't know what to say, Terry, uh, Harry. I'm just going to say it comes down to a, a, a disillusioned fan base based on the situation that we're in and the and the precarious p- situation that the club is in.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Let me, let me just go back over to the comments a second. Eddie says you're all cowards, Arteta is not good enough. Why why would we why am I like why am I I asking from my perspective, I, I, was I not a coward then when Unai Emery was in charge and then 12 months down the line, 15, 16 months down the line, I've all of a sudden become a coward. It's absolute nonsense again. I mean, it's not about being a coward, it's not about being afraid to share your opinion. It's simply about going with what you feel and going with what you think. And I think that people who make out that Mikel Arteta was going to come in, first of all, y- your expectations were all over the shop if you thought that we were going to waltz into the top four. Um, you know, we won the FA Cup and I think that was in many ways a, a terrible thing for Mikel Arteta because the the level of expectation just shot through the roof and the reality is that we were never ready for that level of expectation. And all of a sudden now... Um, you know, people are disillusioned. Now, I get that we should be higher up in the league. Mid-table is not good enough. There's no getting away from that. Um, but this season still potentially has the chance to become a successful one. And if Arsenal can can go far and hopefully go all the way in the Europa League, he'd have delivered his second major trophy in the space of 18 months. He'd have got us our first European trophy since the 1994 one, Even something that even Arsene Wenger, the great Arsene Wenger, didn't achieve. So let's let's chill out a little bit, man. Let let's chill out a bit.
6: Let me say something. I'm not gonna get on this comment, but I'm just gonna say in general, right now, looking at the title of the video itself and looking that explains it perfectly. We've missed chances all season. Going back to even the first game against City, we had the two clear cut chances to win that game. The game the game against Liverpool, Lacazette had a chance, uh the last game we played against Liverpool. The, every single game that we played this season we've been not we have not been clinical our attack has let us down more than our defense but guess what the easy storyline, harry is arsenal's defense is the weakness arsenal's defense is the bad thing if you actually look at it our defense has not been bad that this season it's been critical errors at the wrong times and you know what if we do fix those errors and we have some continuity and we have some actual people in the back room who who consistently recruit and bring in proper players instead of short-term fixes like Socrates and Mkhitaryan, and bring in a Soyan Chu and a possibly a Rafinha, because look at that, look at those kind of recruits that these clubs are making around us. I'm sick and tired of fans saying, hey, we don't want to look at the championship. Max Ahrens is being touted as one of the best right backs in the world. He plays in the championship Bayern Munich are after him, Harry. And fans would say, no, we don't want him because he's from the championship. That to me is the kind of mentality we have. And we have to change it as fans because the club does see what we what we write, what we tweet out. And they do actually monitor that. So if they're happy, if we're happy as a fan base with the window, when it's not good, they see that. When we're happy, when we're angry, they see that. So I genuinely believe our actions can be listened to by the club if we voice them properly as a fan base together.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and that's, that's a problem we don't really get. Um, you know, we don't really get that kind of united front amongst the Arsenal fan base. And that's one of the big problems. And Harry, who was on the show a little bit earlier on, makes out, points out a really good stat as well. He says, by the way, since the new year, we're about fifth place in the form table. So it's not all bad. Agreed. Look, if Arsenal don't go on and qualify for the Champions League this season, it's not because of what's happened, um, you know, in the last three or four months. And that's the kind of point here. That's why we're saying There is some progress and another way of flipping at it. And just before I let you go, I'm going to put this to you. Had Arsenal gone and drawn at Leicester 1-1 and then beaten Burnley at the weekend, wouldn't people be looking at this in a completely different light? And the reality is that that would have brought us four points and we've currently picked up four points from those two games. So do you think perception is playing a big part in this and and the, the nature of us failing to win games, if you like, is, is, is causing a bit of an overreaction?
6: Listen, um, no matter what you do, Harry, there's going to be people who have their opinions of the manager and they have opinions of the club. And those opinions can only be changed by the people that are actually at the club. As fans, we do a lot of infighting between each other and a lot of agendas have, have sway your opinions. So for example, what you just said right now, if we were to have picked up the three points against Man City it would have been the worst thing. Because if we would have picked up the three points against City and ended up losing to either Burnley or, or dropping points against Burnley and Leicester, that would have been the worst case scenario. The fact that those three games—look at the three games—we we drew against—we uh, drew against Burnley, we got a, we got three points against Leicester, and we lost against City. Realistically, in the grand scheme of things, we should be beating Burnley, we should be beating Leicester, and Man City. We don't expect—we don't really go into the game expecting much. So, on the grand scheme of things, no matter what, you're gonna find people angry win, lose, or draw. We can't do nothing about it as fans. Just, I would say, don't let somebody else ruin your mood. If you, if we win a game like Benfica, you can still be happy, voice your opinion. Don't let someone tell you you're not allowed to celebrate a win against Benfica, even in the fashion that we won, because that's, that's, that's when you start losing your, your love for the game. When other people tell you how to be a fan.
0: Yeah, agreed. Gal, thank you so much, mate, for coming on. Really appreciate it. And no I'm sure we'll speak again soon. All the best, pal. That was the brilliant egg let's move on to our next caller welcome thank you for waiting patiently sam how are you there mate
5: all good mate how's things with you
0: yeah not too bad mate not too bad can't complain can't complain no. how are um, you feeling uh, about all of this yeah so,
5: um yesterday like the others said i was all footballed out after that game mate um it seemed to all like it was a very like nothing game for like 70 minutes and then the last 20 minutes like, with from refereeing to missed chances, you just felt like, I don't know, but I, it just felt like all Arsenal fans were ready to explode watching that 20 minutes. It was like, this is just crazy. Everyone forgets we hit the post in the 92nd minute as well. Um, but, yeah, I think a gal put it so eloquently that I probably can't because he's made such, very, so many good points. It's just like, like, there's comments there it feels like the modern day football fan has been influenced by all these these fan channels and rants going viral to radio phone-ins and the calls that go viral are rants and ridiculous calls for like a reactionary thing and it's like it's almost popular to be negative it's almost like if you're not wanting the manager out after you lose a game you're not a you're not a real fan or like why don't you care we lost you should want this out it's like no because you've got a be realistic and like i just we've played 17 games um this year and off the top of my head i reckon we had three bad performances in that run so you've got the man city one um it was a write off it seemed like the whole game um southampton in the cup and uh probably villa um which was dismal the rest but our performance has been pretty consistent really like you know you have bad days you miss chances you have individual errors from Xhaka, or whether it's um, yeah, a bizarre goal we can see, like the Wolves won, Louise. Um, it happens in football. It doesn't mean if you lose three games, you want the manager out. Um, I think it's just maybe it's just Arsenal, because I, I don't follow fan bases as closely as just Arsenal. So, like Liverpool fans, I haven't seen Liverpool fans going clop out. And they've lost six games at home in a row. They're the bottom at the Premier League for home form. And they're they're just chilled. They're like, it's fine. We'll come back. It's like, why do Arsenal fans have to, again, with Xhaka? He was on his best run of form for the club I've ever seen. He played every game In every other player was rested at some point except Xhaka. And yet he makes one mistake and everyone's like, oh, get rid of him. Get rid of him.
0: Yeah, it, it's frustrating. The Xhaka the thing is frustrating for me because it's a shame. Look, it, it is a mistake, right? There's, there's yeah. no getting away from that. And nobody is is sitting here and saying it wasn't a mistake. And nobody's sitting here and saying that's acceptable. Mm. The problem is that the, the, the thing that I can't get my head around is why is the reaction when Xhaka does it so different to when somebody else does it? Yeah. And if you could not see yesterday the impact that that mistake had on oh, Granite yeah. Xhaka then you're blind, right? Yeah. It was so obvious. You know, he didn't want to get on the ball after that. And in yeah. the first half an hour of the game, I thought one of the reasons we were so dominant was because he and Thomas Partey were completely controlling they linked the, midfield. Up to the goal.
5: As well. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. They, they controlled the midfield so well. And all of a sudden, he's dropped his head. And you know why he's dropped his head? Because yeah. he knows mm-hmm. what's going to come off of the back yeah. of that. He's been there. He's experienced it before. And we as a fan base have a responsibility to not put so much pressure on certain individuals
5: mm. that
0: in an instance like that, where they have made a mistake, that they feel that they spend the rest of the game fearing what's going to come off the back of it. Yeah. And 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 that was clear to me. And I think I said it on my my review show of the game. If you haven't checked it out, it's the previous video, last podcast. If you're listening on the audio, check it out. But what I, one of the points I made was that I feel as though... His teammates around him, you know, especially the captain, Aubameyang.
5: Mm.
0: You know, you got to get there and 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 support the guy and you got to yeah. pick the guy back up. And, you know, the, the halftime whistle went, Aubameyang clearly sulking, walks down the tunnel. A couple mm-hmm. of others as well. And you're just thinking to yourself at that level, especially when you know there is a load of social media abuse and you know that there are no fans in the stadium. So that hi- whole thing is amplified. That whole online reaction thing is a bigger deal than it normally would be. I think you've got to get around, get to your teammate, put your arm around him and you've got to be thinking about how you can help him get out of that hole. And there were players after that that just looked disinterested.
5: Yeah, It's Not, a weird one. It's yeah. a really weird one. This squad is so fragile. It's been like that for 10 years it feels like Arsenal have been fragile from the days of Fabregas and Eduardo to Ramsey and uh, Nas- Wilshere to Sanchez and Ozil to now it's like as soon as something goes wrong it's like at Arsenal it's a disaster from players you can tell like yesterday you could tell that the players were just frustrated is the same when um, the Wolves game had the Louise and then it seems that everyone's head dropped second half and then of course Leno gets sent off it's like as soon as something goes wrong that's why the benfica game was actually so surprising because they had that subias mistake and everyone would have bet like oh that's it that's it yeah. that's us out and we came back and again you got leicester shocking goal conceded come back and win and you're like this is momentum so you can even understand more why Xhaka was so gutted because we built up a couple of massive results and that you know, we didn't even lose, but it, obviously it feels like a defeat. Um so I feel sorry for Xhaka. Um and like you say, what I don't get why people get onto Arteta. Um he put he made the right team selection. Um we battered Burnley for 40 minutes and you know, people like Saka has been unbelievable this season, but that miss is a shocker from just in front yeah. of the goal. Um and he, he is allowed that because he's been exceptional. Um but yeah, I think um Arsenal fans they just react to every defeat's a disaster. Um and realistically, if we come and we beat get a good result against Olympiacos... Fans will turn 360 and like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Granite Xhaka probably is a great game. Xhaka's back. Um, and then we go and see what happens against Tottenham. Yeah. Oh, I just can't believe we're playing Tottenham next week.
0: It's just all so reactionary, isn't it? It man? is. It really is. Fun. Sam, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll catch up again soon, mate. All the best. Thank you. Have you mate. Take care. That was the brilliant, Sam. And our next caller. Uh, my friend, where are you joining us from? What's your name, mate? Thank you for waiting so patiently. First of all,
7: it's all right. My name is uh, Sahal. I usually on Eagles' uh on Eagles' channel.
0: Okay, um, how you doing, mate?
7: Yeah, I'm all right, man. Thank you. But, but I have to say, I completely disagree with everyone here. I think Oteta, personally, I would have not hide him in the beginning, and I will. I think he needs to be sacked. End of the season. It's not, you guys are taking the season out of context. What happened to the other games that we've been terrible most of the games? I mean, the performances have not been there from the start from the season. We have not been good enough. You guys are taking, you, you're you making it sound like we've been playing well. You're making us sound like we're Liverpool, where, where you can probably excuse it because they've been great and fantastic for two seasons. We haven't been fantastic for a minute. We have not been fantastic. The last, okay, you can say the FA Cup run. Well, I can say you know what? Uh, we can beat everyone. We can beat anyone. But we can lose to anyone. It's the same old Arsenal. We need we need a manager where the person is experienced to know what to do with the squad. Atata is not experienced enough. We did we and the ownership is also a problem. But we can't do nothing about the ownership. The only thing we can do is to get them to hire a manager who's experienced. I'm telling you right now, if we had a manager like Rafa or Carlo, we would be high up in the league. We would be almost fourth, I believe. We would be challenging for fourth. Our season will not be over. This is Arteta's incompetence. He's not, un- un- I feel sorry for him because I don't think he should have been hired in the beginning. He's unexperienced and we threw him in a deep end and, in- and, he's-, and he's sinking end of the season, I don't know what they're going to do because are they going to back him? Which I don't believe is going to happen. Every Arsenal fan believe he's going to get backed. I don't think he's going to get backed. There's no evidence for it. They're going to do the same thing, what they've done every single year. They're not going to invest in properly. We're going to be back here six months time. What's the point of it? We need to get an experienced manager where we can at least give him some kind of players and then he can do the best out of them. He can bring the best out of the players. I honestly think Arteta cannot do this job. He cannot do the Arsenal job. He can probably do another job like City. Anyone can probably do City, but he cannot do Arsenal job. Arsenal job is just too much for him, unfortunately. Okay.
0: So how? Let me. Um, I'm really glad that you've called in because I wanted to get an alternative viewpoint, right, for the balance of the show. I'm I'm delighted that you've joined us, and. And I'm delighted that your view is is different so that we can have a good discussion here. What I want to do first, quickly, just before we get into it, I want to urge you guys, if you haven't already, make sure you smash the like button. It is really, really important. Don't forget the podcast is sponsored by manscaped.com. So if you're in need of uh, some deforestation down in the Forbidden Forest, then head over to Manscaped and get uh, get that order in. You can use our promo code, which is 90MIN20. And uh, you'll get 20% off your order as well as free shipping. So do check that out. Right. I'm going to put some questions back to you, Sahal. All right. The group that Mikel Arteta has currently, uh, actually forget the group that Mikel Arteta has currently, the group that Mikel Arteta inherited, in your opinion, was it stronger or weaker than the one that Unai Emery inherited?
7: In my personal opinion, I don't think that re- it. I understand you can, you can take it. You can say it was weaker, stronger. In the end of the day, Harry, I don't think it really matters what is stronger, what is weaker, because if we really look at it, the the, the teams haven't changed a lot. Emery's team and Atletas team ha- hasn't changed a lot. And if you compare the team that we have right now, I think we should do much better than we have been doing, even lately. We the Wolves game comes to mind, the Villa game comes to mind, Burnley comes to mind, how many other games that we have drew or lost that I think we should have done better and we could have got a result. I know you can say missed chances but especially start of the season the tactics were not there, we were just completely confused and I understand we never had a number 10 until Smith Rowe came on the scene but it was still like, and that's what I mean, we did not invest in the summer we needed a number 10. They didn't get us a number 10 because who was there? Also was there. They didn't really care. The owners don't care about us. So how
0: So how you talk about the number 10 position and I'm, I'm going to challenge you on this one because you, you say that they didn't get us a number 10, but Mikel Arteta didn't want to play with a number 10 because he had number 10s at the football club and chose to completely overlook them. Even chose to freeze one of them out to the point where he wasn't even registered in the squad to play. So how can you then, after Mikel Arteta starts the season with a back three, the system that he used to win the FA Cup, which everybody was overjoyed about, he then starts the campaign and doesn't play with a number 10. And now you're complaining that the club didn't go out and get him a number 10. The minute he changed the system, which was against Chelsea on Boxing Day, to incorporate a number 10, that was on Boxing Day, the 26th of December. And when the January transfer window opened, within that window, Arsenal went and got Mikel Arteta a number 10, albeit on loan, but they still went and got him a number 10. So I don't understand the, the number 10 thing. You know, he he had players at the club that could have played in that role if he wanted to play that way, and he didn't. And now you're saying that the club have messed up by not giving him that player. He didn't want that player.
7: Uh, Harry, there's no guarantee that he didn't want the number 10. And also the older situation if you look back when he started Ozil started if we, if you we cannot remember if you remember clearly ozo actually started some games for us and he came on for us on the bench so clearly he wanted something that was on the number 10 kind of player but we played with the number, uh, we played with the back five to in order to protect to protect the, our back, back line. that's why we did it we didn't do it to attack we did it to protect ourselves he was being uh uh, uh He's trying to protect the back line and just counter attack, and that's how we won the we won the we won the FA Cup. We did really well, but if you see at the beginning of the season, I know it was Boxing Day, but he clearly wanted someone there because he he, he kept he, he even he wanted Ozil to start, and then the owners clearly froze. I don't think he froze out Ozil. I think the owners froze Ozil up because he they 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 had a... so, so then you're.
0: So then you're acknowledging that Mikel Arteta has had a hard job because ultimately he's had to leave players out because the owners wanted him to. Is that what you're saying?
7: No, I'm just saying about the Ozo sh- that, In particular, the Ozo situation, the situation with uh, Mustafi, Kalecianash, and uh, basically they're all friends. So you can say whatever you like about them, but they were all important players for us. They all started for us at one point or another. They were all starting for us regular games. And then they all, okay, you can say they were leaking storage, whatever. But when they left and we bought them off the contracts, we replaced one of them. We still needed a backup left back. And I understand that Arteta is having his hand uh, tied behind his back. I'm not, uh, I didn't say he's, he hasn't. The issue is, who do you rather have? An experienced person? That's, uh, that's in this similar situation or someone with no experience. I'd rather have I, someone with full experience.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and I agree with you. When, when Mikel Arteta was hired, I wasn't overly enthused by it. You know, the day I heard the news, I was a bit like, mm. you know, and, and if, if you, you know, anybody who'd been watching or listening to the podcast back then would know that I really wanted Carlo Ancelotti to get the job. He didn't. And then, I think, as things began and things started to happen, you know, put last season aside, right? Because Mikel Arteta took over the job midway through, more than midway through,
4: yeah.
0: managed to finish it off by winning an FA Cup, which was brilliant. And this is his first full season in charge. Do you not accept that the fact that we've, we're we living in the middle of a pandemic, um, you know, and the fact that we are... You know, that the season was disrupted. There's been no preseason. Do you not think all of those things have made the job more difficult for Mikel Arteta? Maybe someone more experienced might have coped with it better. But Arsenal in appointing Mikel Arteta knew, right, that this was a long-term project. Otherwise, you don't go and get a rookie, do you?
7: I I have to say I kind of disagree because I believe they hired hired Arteta to get the cheapest option. They they hired him to get the cheapest option. Because think about it, if you get Carlo, or as, uh, what's his name, the Juventus ex-manager, they're going to ask for assurances. They're going to say, how much money are you going to get in the transfer window? Arteta has zero power to ask, was, what are you going to get me for the transfer window? And I don't believe they gave him any assurances. So I think, honestly, they went to the cheapest option. They went to the so, they so didn't... you think
0: you think that Mikel Arteta has no power at the club? Why has he been promoted from head coach to manager then?
7: Because the uh, because the results went up uh, because we we had better results. That's that's about it. If the results were not there, I don't think the FA Cup helped, and the results at that time were good. So they 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 just gave him a, a that, that that was a pointless promotion. Come on, that was a pointless. It's not pointless, no, it's not pointless because no. It's not pointless because I'll
0: tell you, I'll tell you why, Sahal. It's not pointless because you're going from being someone who has no say over transfers like Unai Emery was and a given players ultimately that you don't want to be in the shot caller, to being the guy who sits in the room with Edu and decides who it is that we're going to sign. So stay with me, Sahal, because I'm going to bring on a couple more callers, but I want to keep you here because I'm enjoying the debate. Um, but that's the point I'm making. You're, you're, everybody goes down this route of they hired Mikel Arteta because he's got no power and he's got no clout and he can't he can't demand this and he can't demand that. If you're bringing someone in because of that reason, because he hasn't got clout, then why would you then give him clout by giving him a promotion? That's my no, point. Let, let, let me just bring Albert in. Albert, how you
1: doing, mate? Not, you're not bad. Can you hear me, Harry?
0: Yeah, all good, man. You all right? Uh, good,
1: good. <laughs> yeah you think so yeah i'm all right i did all right
0: <laughs> good good i'm gonna bring jamie in as well just because we're running out of time so i don't want to miss anybody out jamie how you doing mate can you hear me i'm good how are you all good mate all good welcome to the show man i think you're you're first time caller right yeah good stuff jamie let me come back to sahau and i'm going to come back to you guys in a moment so i know you were going to respond to that point go ahead mate
7: yeah basically i completely and utterly believe the promotion to head coach was a pointless one and it's like there's no reason and i'll tell you why do you you need to ask yourself what was the difference between Emery and what's it called um arteta and the difference was the ownership model we had different people when Emery was in charge We eddie wasn't even there so when eddie came he clearly wanted Arteta to get the promotion, and this promotion was valueless because he was already communicating with Arteta about the signings in the first place. Because you can clearly tell they were communicating and they were talking to each other about signings already. So what was the 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 promotion was a valueless one when it's Amri not it's started, not valueless no, Sahal, when because Amri, when Emery was there, who was the who it was um Sanelli not Sanelli the German guy that he was the head of football, he, and he was doing directly the signings, and then there was Raul. So, Emery, you can say that. But with Arteta, you can't, because he, he the only director of football he had was Edu. And Edu
0: had a, uh, yeah, but that's that's, that's that's Edu. That's that's not. It doesn't matter if they've got a relationship. The point is, Unai Emery had no say in the players that he brought to the club. Unai Emery has since. And uh, listen, I'm anti-Unai Emery. I didn't want him in the first place. I didn't want him after six months. I didn't like the guy. I didn't think he was the right man. But where I've got sympathy for him is that he's come out time and time again and constantly spoken about players that he wanted the club to go after and they didn't allow him to do that. They never trusted in Unai Emery enough as a football club to give him that responsibility. They've given it to Mikel Arteta and then you're telling me that they're not backing Mikel Arteta. They went and put they put £45 million out of their pockets to bring Thomas Partey in during the middle of a pandemic when nobody thought that was going to happen because they're backing Mikel Arteta. So whether we back him or not, the club are backing him. Jamie, let me come to you, mate. Where do you stand first of all in the whole Mikel Arteta debate?
8: To be honest, I just can't believe that we've got Arteta in the first place when when we when Carlo Ancelotti was available Champions League winner experience and we chose a manager that's that's never managed a competitive game before in his life. I just I just don't get it. Like I don't I don't understand where we're going under Arteta for me i lost i lost faith when he played willian up front when he had one of the best strikers in the world in abamyang in the squad fit and available and he and he played willian up front against city i got i got the same vibes i got when <clears throat> excuse me when emery was playing terreira as a number 10 it was just it's just nonsense i don't get it and saka our best attacker is playing playing as a defender it's just all over the shop think things I'll- have changed now but yep. it's it's too late now. We went we went two months without winning a game. So yeah, like when that happens, you go two months without winning a game to redeem yourself. You have to go on a, on an unbelievable run, and he hasn't done that. Yeah,
0: listen, I'm not gonna sit here and say that that Mikel Arteta hasn't made mistakes. He absolutely has. I just for me, I just and Albert, I'm gonna bring you in, mate. What's your kind of take on it? I just feel like. When you look at the last few months, there has been progress. It's that progress has not always been clear because the results haven't always been there. But I think when you scratch beneath the surface, the fact that we have shipped out some of the deadwood, the fact that we are starting to rebuild and we are starting to play better football for me, you know if a manager sets out a team and they go and defend to the point where they only concede really one chance uh, of note, um, they create multiple opportunities. They have a, a really terrible call go against them. I don't know how you can then sit there and, and point the finger solely at the manager. Ultimately, listen, this is responsibility. But for me, players are letting him down. And unfortunately, at Arsenal, we're not in a position where the board and the owners can say, here's 250 million. Go and bomb out half the squad now, right now, tomorrow, and bring in five, six players that you want. It's just impossible.
1: Yeah, you know what it is, Harry. I, th- th- there's two occasions where I've kind of, I've felt sorry for Arteta because I won ye- yesterday was a perfect example with, um, I don't think Arsenal were fantastic yesterday, but I think we played well for like 37 and a half minutes of the night before we conceded the goal. I mean, you can't legislate for that. I mean, that's just chaotic madness to, to concede a goal like that. And there was the, the game when we played, the Wolves away, where we outplayed them for the first half. And then we put yeah. in a second half, which just comes out of nowhere. Um, obviously, we got down to ten men, you know, with Davi being sent off. But it's things like that you can't control. But then on the flip side of that, Harry, with Arteta, he makes some he makes some strange decisions, man. Um, what I mean, what did you make of the substitutions yesterday? Do you think he was on point, or do you think he could have done a bit sooner? What What did you think, Harry, to that? To throw that question back at you.
0: I mean, I don't understand the obsession with substitutions, first of all, right? Ultimately, as a football manager, you you start the game with a team that you feel is going to win the game and you pick the best team for the job. Right, you looked at you look at the way Willian's played of late. had absolutely no issue with him being in the starting eleven. Um, he was arguably our best player up at Leicester the week before. Um, you know, had an impact in the Olympiacos game when he came on as well. You look on the other flank; everybody would have put Bakayo Saka in, and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang has rediscovered his goal scoring form and scored a goal again yesterday. So, uh, you know, the midfield pivot was the midfield pivot that nine out of ten people would have picked. Mill Smith Rowe was unavailable, so Odegaard played. Pablo Marie and David Luiz looked pretty good together. Um, the only questionable decision yesterday was the one to include Callum Chambers out of nowhere for me. But in terms of substitutions, I mean, he brought Nicholas Pepe onto the field, and Nicholas Pepe made things happen. He missed a glorious opportunity, but yeah. he got into the right positions and how people can look at the substitutions. And it's the classic beating of the drum. You know, everybody's talking about Gabriel Martinelli. Every week they want to see Gabriel Martinelli come on. The reality is, Albert, that since Martinelli's come back, for whatever reason, largely down to fitness, he's not done anything that says he needs to be in the team. He's not done anything so amazing that you look at him and you go, wow, this kid needs to play every single week, like Bukayo Saka's doing. You know, so... and. An informed Pepe and an informed William should be ahead of him in the pecking order.
1: So, you know, yeah, outrage yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry, I, I, I get that, but I think sometimes there's other games where I look at it. For example, when we played Villa, I think that's a good example where Lacazette wasn't getting a tune out of the, the Villa defence. Abamian came on and was awful. Um, we're still one nil down. I mean, I cannot understand for the life of me that you can't give Martinelli, who's a striker, five minutes. We're losing the game. So that's the flip side of it. I get what you're saying, but it's times like that. I think, well, how many strikers think, are you going to throw on the pitch though? We, were you losing the game one 0 But you, you might as well. I'd rather, I'd rather put him on than William as the option to bring on, who's been who was desperately out of form at that period of that time when we played that game against Villa. So that's things where I do question our and think, well, why can't he play? For I mean, I know I hear about the I hear about the hearing thing about the injury and nursing him back, but. Surely he can give us five, ten minutes, Harry. I mean, that surely can't be too much to ask if you lose the game
0: one nil, I don't think it is too much to ask. You know, he, he can. But I'm the, the point I'm making is why would he be ahead of those guys in the pecking order based on what we've seen over the last couple of months?
1: Do you know the only argument? Sorry, Harry. You know the only argument for that, right? I understand the has found a little bit of form. But generally, uh, to me, looking at the striking options at Arsenal this season, I don't particularly think they've been very good. So he has an argument to actually give him more playing time. And you could even probably extend that to even someone like a Balogun, for example. I mean, I, I'm, I'm shocked he hasn't even got at least, I don't know, what, 20, 30 minutes off the bench, at, at least, if I... I, I, I accept perfect.
0: that. I just, I just think for me, and, and I'll come I'll come back to you, saha on this one. Um, you know, for me, I think there's this... Uh, it happened in the game against Olympiacos. It happened yesterday. Mikel Arteta makes a substitution during the game and everybody's up in arms about it before we've even had a chance to see if that substitution is going to impact the game in a positive way. The Olympiacos game was the classic case. I was doing a watch along on this channel for that game and I cannot tell you how many people in the comments when Willian came on were going, oh, fuck this. It's over. Willian's come on. It's done. And then William goes and produces an assist. And William starts making things happen on the left hand side. And all of a sudden, Arsenal go on and turn the game on its head and win the game. That, that, that's my point. I just want to see people be a little bit more. You know, you also got to take into account we're not on the training ground with these guys every day. We don't know how fit they are. We don't know how unfit they are. We don't know the full picture all of the time. So, how have you got an issue with the substitutions kind of thing uh, that Nikel Arteta makes? Not bad.
7: Personally, the substitutions sometimes I do, sometimes I do. I feel like he needs uh, Arteta is the type. He's opposite to Emery. Emery used to always do early subs. Like Arteta, he doesn't do early subs. He doesn't do halftime subs. So some uh, and with Emery, to be fair on him, we had like the highest amount of goals on the bench, like substitutions. So I think uh, Arteta. That's because be he kept around. leaving
0: Aubameyang on the bench.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but the, yeah, but uh, to be fair, sometimes Aubameyang's on our bench still, so I think he should actually still. We should use our bench in more different ways. Like if someone's in play well, Ateta needs to take them out. Sometimes Bellerin d- doesn't do well; he stays on the pitch. Shaka sometimes doesn't play well; stays on the pitch. He takes Partey out for no reason, and is a record a recurring team. Like he likes the same players to stay on for far too long. And sometimes someone does, doesn't does do nothing. He stays on the pitch too long. Arteta needs to be ruthless with these players. If you're not playing well, off the pitch. Simple. Don't make a hard for yourself. If you're not showing your heart, if Obamian ain't not running around, and if he's not trying to get the ball, which he usually doesn't, off the pitch, you can't be in, the, in this team. Sorry. Just put Martinelli on put again on, put Aketiah on. I'd rather see them if he's not trying.
0: Guys, I'm going to ask you guys one final question each because I've, I've run over time. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Jamie, mate. Assuming that the season doesn't dramatically change and Arsenal finish mid-table, fail to win the Europa League, would you pull the trigger on Mikel Arteta at the end of the season? Yeah,
8: definitely, why? 100%. Um, I would do I would do it because, like you said, tenth tenth isn't good enough. Um, our squad isn't great, but in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that West Ham have a better squad than us. And and David Moyes has, has has got them a lot higher up the table than than Arsenal. Everton is a bit more debatable, but I don't I don't believe Everton have got have got a better squad than us. I just think they've got a better manager. And it's just ultimately not—it's not good enough for Arsenal Football Club. I mean, yeah, it is. What's his name? Arteta's—he's learning his job on our time and our dime. And Arsenal just too much of too much of, of a big club for that. I think we need an experienced manager.
0: I agree with you in the sense that we're too big of a club to to have someone afforded the time to learn his job. I guess my counterpoint to that would be that we're kind of in the situation we're in because of bad management over a long period of time. And so we can be harsh on Mikel Arteta and we can demand more from him. But I just, I feel like we're also asking him to do a job that is more difficult than your average job as well because of the, the and I know you know people will say you know there's teams in the league with less finances worse squads etc cetera, etc cetera, but not with this level of expectation and and coming into a job like this is, is is challenging at the best of times I think we were in such a mess that I think somebody very experienced Unai Emery was very experienced um would also struggle to do this job so that's kind of where I am on it but Jamie great points and uh, so how I'm going to come back to you mate as I said table. Stays as it is, pretty much. Arsenal failed to win the Europa League. Are you pulling the trigger on Mikel Arteta at the end of the season, and why? If the
7: results stay the same, Arteta needs to get fired. the End of the day, guys, this is a results business. We cannot be simp- uh, sympathetic. We cannot be just because he's an ex-player. He needs to go. Like simple, we need to get we need to get a manager in where he's experienced that can actually manage the squad, get the best out of the squad. And hopefully we do better next season and we start again. If we do any, if we win the rope, I think the only way for me, for him, our to stay is to win the rope league. Anything else, I think he needs to go because we, the season's over anyways. We're not going to get fourth. So he has to win the rope league for me, for him to stay.
1: Okay. Albert, same question, mate. Harry, I think you probably know what's going to come out of my mouth for this question. You know what it has? What I will say if you look at our three key, our three key senior positions at the club, right, Arteta, yeah. Edu, and Vinay, even though he's been at the club ten years, they're all inexperienced. To for that to be the case at a club the size of Arsenal, is a shambles in itself. Um, I said to you last time, before the last last international break, that if the form continues, Arteta will be lucky to keep his job, but he kept it. Um, if we finish mid table, we don't win the Europa League. I don't care who the manager is. I think his position is untenable. Because the thing is, in football, you're allowed to change your mind. As a fan, as, as the owner of a club, you know, directors, you're allowed to change your mind. So I, I think his job will be untenable. But I don't think Arsenal will get rid of him. That's the thing, Harry.
5: Yeah,
0: I don't think they will either. Um, uh, uh, rightly or wrongly, I, only time will tell. But I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think whatever happens this season, Mikel Arteta can rest assured that he will still have the job next season. I think for me, as I've always said, just to kind of wrap up with my view on it, my view on it is that this season is a bit of a free hit. Shouldn't be because we're Arsenal Football Club and there should never be free hits. But just given the way it's all panned out, the way things have happened, I think there has been some improvement both on the field in the last few months. Granted, it wasn't really there before that. But I also think that there's been some improvements behind the scenes in terms of players we've managed to move on in terms of the fact that I think his recruitment has been better than that of previous managers. And I know not everybody thinks that his his promotion to manager is significant, but it is because he is now at that table and, and Unai Emery was never at that table. And that is why he will be able to bring in players that fit with what he's trying to do. And you cannot underestimate the importance of having a cohesion between what the manager wants and the recruitment policy It's so, so important. Um, so for me, that is key. Um, I think if we sack him, we're essentially starting all over again. But what I will say is the minute that first whistle blows in August for next season, the pressure is on Mikel Arteta. It really, really is. And there's no getting away from that. No matter how much you support him, no matter how much you want him to succeed, there's no getting away from it. If this season doesn't end in a Europa League victory, then for me, the pressure is really going to be ramped up on Mikel Arteta. And I will too. Um you know sit there and say we need to start thinking about a potential sort of change here but we're going to leave it there for now guys we've gone 10 minutes over so um uh, thank you all for bearing with us thank you to albert thank you to uh gunner sahal thank you to jamie um apologies i couldn't give you guys more time but i'm just trying to get everybody in uh, thank you to everybody who showed uh, an interest and joined on the show thank you to everyone in the live chat for all your great comments and for watching and for constantly supporting Quick reminder, the podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Head over to Manscaped, use our discount code 90MIN20, that's 90MIN20. You get 20% off plus free shipping on your order wherever you are in the world. Uh, If you want to become a member of the channel, members get priority on our fans' phone-in shows, then click on the link in the description. Make sure you hit the like button as well. That really, really helps. And we'll be back tomorrow with some more Arsenal-related content. Until then, take care. Ciao.